0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Green Wisdom Health Show. I'm Janet Lewis.
1: And I'm Dr. Lewis.
0: And we are going to educate you today about Irritable Bowel Syndrome, otherwise known as IBS, and SIBO, which is otherwise known as Small Intestinal Bacterial Overgrowth. So we're going to talk in code today about some of those things. Uh, we're going to tell you what the difference is. Some of you may have already been diagnosed with such issues. Some of you may have it and not been diagnosed. And some of you may just be lost. So we're going to try to fill in all the gaps here. Um, Dr. Lewis is going to tell us a little bit about both things, uh, symptoms of each, Remedies for both Because there's so many people out there With gut problems And then we have some pretty interesting Questions at the end of the show So stay tuned We've got a lot to talk about And Dr. Lewis, will you start With Educating us as Mm -hmm. you always do
1: Well that's Questionable, thank you Um, SIBO or IBS, uh, that's kind of Alphabet soup and I Yes, there are some differences, and there seems to be more and more diagnostic tests that are getting a little bit more sophisticated. We're uh, exploring options about what different labs that can do some of this testing so that we can have a more specific treatment. Uh, it's really not easy to figure out is it leaky gut, is it IBS, you know, is SIBO because one can cause the other or be a result of the other. So it really is hard to figure out the difference and that could change the protocol about what we need to do about it. Um, you know, small intestine overgrowth, it, it it's dysbiosis and I like using that word dysbiosis. Uh, it's about the Type of bacteria that kind of dominate the gut, uh, which is not necessarily in the difference between good and bad, but it's uh, in the wrong place sometimes, the particular uh, bacteria, even if it's not pathogenic. So it, it's more about the location rather than the type. The thing about the small intestine, the small intestine, I think, is kind of uh, overlooked. You know, everybody talks about their stomach or their colon. Well, the poor little small intestine, which has, you know, the surface area of about 20 football fields, uh, kind of gets left out. And back when I practiced chiropractic, you know, there, the people always had issues, and it was sometimes tough to decide was it structural, functional, neurological versus nutritional versus ibs small intestine bacterial overgrowth but many times it was a combination of all those things and if they had a a sensitive gi tract, like if i were palpating looking for say the pulsation of an abdominal aneurysm and they had a sensitive gi tract, i always suspected uh that they had a problem and, and you know we we can pretty safely assume it's always yeast but it can be other things also and people ask me do you ever get rid of yeast and the the answer is i don't know i i think you can definitely decrease the population you can starve it out if you don't have dessert brian down in uh in florida he said oh, i was hoping you wouldn't say i had to do all these vegetables and quit dessert uh, yes, you do, Brian, and I do, too. Sorry. Uh, I come to Florida, we'll have dessert together, though. Maybe a cold beer on top of that. But
0: Seems dessert's not quite so good when you start starving some of that out, though.
1: That's really true. We had a new uh, restaurant open up the other day, and we have high hopes for it because it's a crew that came from another really good restaurant. And I thought, well, okay, well, I ordered the butter cake. They didn't have it because they'd been slammed the day before. And so I ordered buttermilk pie, and I got it there first. And Janet just looked at the waitress and says his mother spoiled him. The buttermilk pie was pretty close to delicious, and that's one of the ways I judge a restaurant by how good their desserts are. But, Brian, since I uh, have made great, great progress in my microbiome, in my GI tract, that buttermilk pie was kind of hard to finish and took a long time. But I did finish it.
0: And because I take more supplements than our doctor does over here, I did not even want the Butterbelt pie. So, yes, it does change as you do more probiotics.
1: Yeah, it, it really does. And that's the other thing. Many people ask me, uh, and this has come up several times recently, well, I take probiotics and I get gaseous and uh, bloated. Uh, that's, that's pretty common. Well, you probably have SIBO. And I just tell them, well, quit the probiotics for a while. And there are certain things you can take that will help. Uh, kill off the bad stuff, and then you can reintroduce the probiotics. And one of the probiotics that you can take that will not cause that is something called Saccharomyces boulardii, and that is a probiotic yeast. And It's not the candida yeast, and the Saccharomyces boulardii, when you take that, and Janet and I are experimenting with heavy doses of it now, that's why dessert's not very good. When you take it, it goes down. It does not colonize in your small intestine or anywhere. But when it goes through, it grabs the pathogenic organisms and carries them on out. So the Saccharomyces we have in a couple of different forms. It's in one of our probiotics in a pretty large dose, and then we have it straight. And that's a really, really good thing. And Janet and I are actually experimenting with higher doses of it. And holy cow. Women that have constant UTIs or interstitial cystitis, this looks real promising.
0: Oh yes, the the one for the uh, UTIs, the reoccurring UTIs for women, the probiotic, um, we're getting it in, and you, you women out there will love it um, because it really then does. So will work. the men. Oh, I guess that's true. Sorry, men get. Oh, I just now got what you were going to. Oh my Lord, I fell for it again. I don't
1: know what you think of. Uh, I, I thought you
0: meant men got UTIs, but okay, let me put my mind back where it's supposed to be now. <laughs> uh, should we go over some of the symptoms of small intestinal bacteria overgrowth and IBS? like Dr. Lewis said, it's very hard to tell them apart, but you may notice them by these signs: nausea, bloated, vomiting, diarrhea. Malnutrition, weight loss, joint pain, fatigue, rashes, acne, eczema, asthma, depression, or rosacea. Those are actually signs of IBS or SIBO.
1: And and it can be many, many other things because one of the things is you may have an impaired motility through the GI tract. And what's the one of the most common symptoms of somebody that has hypothyroidism is constipation. So that's lowered motility based on the thyroid not working as good as it could. So it's not just a simple thing, folks. It's easier to figure out uh, over a period of time. Well, by the time you've figured it out, you've treated enough of it and then altered your treatment a little bit. And you're usually way, way down the road to healing by the time you figured out what it was. Isn't
0: it interesting that some of these symptoms like nausea, bloating, vomiting, uh, diarrhea are also signs of when you have gallbladder problems and they remove the gallbladder and then people still have these same problems later on. So it might have been they actually had IBS or small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. The symptom was the gallbladder, so they got rid of it.
1: And then you have even more impaired... Digestion. You need that bile in there? That was one of the questions I had the other day. So, well, since I've had my gallbladder out, do I need this uh, digestive enzyme that has ox bile in it? And I said, yeah, you need it even worse now. It's it's much more imperative. Yeah, S-
0: and, and that is one of the questions. One of them, that, I don't know if that was the same person or not, but they were saying, uh, I don't think so. I think it was a different person, but said my husband uh, literally spends 25 minutes in the bathroom in the morning since he's not got his gallbladder anymore and um,
1: she's talking about somebody else's husband not me
0: yeah no and she said what's happened because his gallbladder's gone and he's still in there 25 minutes because he can't go to the bathroom but he goes to a restaurant and eats and it immediately comes through so maybe
1: he's uh, getting knowledgeable because now the toilet is where we read and we can call it (laughs) the throne of knowledge
0: (laughs) or maybe he's getting peace and quiet in there i i I don't know (laughs) but uh very much could be a sign of the IBS and SIBO, which is what we kind of went with and helped him through.
1: So Some of the things can cause that, though, is, you know, excessive antibiotics and not repopulating the GI tract. And it can be, believe it or not, excessive and rigorous exercise. So I had a mother and daughter in here yesterday and said, well, what do you think about this, you know, whatever they were doing? And I said, well, it may be good for you. It'd make me tired. She said, well, I feel better. I said, well, keep doing it. But uh, prolonged cow's milk challenges the intestinal permeability, and that is counteracted by the lactobacillus casei. And there are certain specific strains of probiotics that, you know, you need to jump into, and that's from the Journal of Gastroenterology. Uh, Inflammation can be caused by the aspirin a day crowd, ibuprofen, Tylenol, Uh, all the NSAIDs, and then there's a Lactobacillus brevis, which is uh, very, very important for healthy intestines, and that reduces uh, permeability for for the leaky gut, people, so yes, you have leaky gut, it may be SIBO, it may be just IBS from uh, food allergy, Had one lady says, well, I found out I was allergic to this, and she took about 10 things out of her diet. Well, she didn't stick around long enough to repair and re-inoculate. That gut needs some healing, and taking out the or removing the offending problem is a good thing, but that's just one step of many that you need to take for a long time to get the gut healed. So be careful about that.
0: Well, there's also other causes and risk factors. You mentioned a few of them. Diabetes is actually a a risk factor for IBS or SIBO.
1: I get a picture of Wilfred Brimley every time you say diabetes.
0: (laughs) I didn't say it the way he says it. I love
1: his mustache.
0: Uh, Direticulitis. Whoops. Hmm. A structural defect in the small intestine.
1: And, and you know, one of the things that people don't normally think about is if you've had surgery, C-section or <laughs> surgery for gunshot wound or something like that. Hysterectomies. Yeah. You can have scar tissue and strictures. And that can be a very big problem.
0: Yeah. Um, a fistula. Intestinal lymphoma. Celiac disease.
1: That's the serious one.
0: And then there's certain medic, uh, prescription medications that can cause it. Uh, rosacea and aging. Aging can cause it. Aging causes everything, doesn't it?
1: Oh, 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 I refuse to grow up or grow old, but I will age gracefully with a smile and a twinkle in my eyes. And that's why Janet likes me. Because she said the other day, she said, you're such an immature little six-year-old. And I threw my hands on my hips and said, hey, I'm not. I'm four. And that's the way it rolls. We have fun. And that's one of the problems in America. And I said this yesterday. I said, good Lord, look around at these people that don't smile. They look like they're not happy at all. Folks, we live in a really, really good place. And in spite of the turmoil and the division that you're getting suckered into and I'm not, uh, you can have fun and you can have a healthy life and you can have a happy life. And, you know, let's – Go beyond what the media is trying to make us think. I mean, we can be healthy beyond that. Well,
0: there's also associated complications um, with having IBS, other than the risk factors I told you about or SIBO. Uh, one of them is is malnutrition, like you're not absorbing things in the cell, and that's why we try to give you um, digestive enzymes and and our alpha base. That's our multivitamin.
1: Um, and it can, you know, low iron, uh, uh, you know, if you have chronic anemia and we're giving you iron and it's not coming up, you probably have SIBO. Yeah. And we have to work on that. You have to throw things in to unwrap or to make the, the wall of the yeast fungus virus vulnerable for your immune system to kick it.
0: Which uh, you say low iron and a vitamin B12 deficiency is also another Uh, portion of that that's
1: the two most common types of anemia yes so you got to have b12 to make the iron also folate uh, which we always in many 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 different formulas we have either the well we have different forms of the 5 mthf so that your body can utilize it if you have that genetic snip
0: and osteoporosis is actually a uh, something that can happen from having those two issues for too long isn't that amazing? People just go right to osteoporosis and they never know, well, I had a problem with my gut and it was this issue to yeah. start with. Uh, kidney stones are actually a, a sign of that as well.
1: And we talked about that when we were talking about oxalates uh, on a previous podcast.
0: So why don't you tell us a little bit about what kind of products you might take for for such issues, uh, maybe the different products between the two, or are there any yeah. differences in the products?
1: Well, one of the things I want to say is uh, brain fog, if you didn't mention it, if you did mention it, it's because I'm a typical man and I wasn't listening. We're very, very fond of something called Candace and Forte, and it, you know, it has the biotin, it has the berberine, oregano, sodium caprylate, yeast hates anything that's caprylate or caprylic acid. The cinnamon bark, uh, German chamomile, and Paul Paudiarco will kill all kinds of stuff. You read about it, you'd think it's a a wonder herb. Then we have that Saccharomyces boulardii. that again, Janet and I are experimenting with some really large doses of it, and I think it's going to do really, really good and save us money since we won't be buying dessert. Uh, then the other thing, too help make uh the pathogenic organism more recognizable to your immune system is called intestinal and that's the thyme oil clove and oregano oil i'm not a big fan of oregano oil but it works for most people there's a few people like me i'm a little more sissy my gi tract doesn't like it but then there's something that Many, many, many of our patients have gotten great results from. is called Lauricidin. It's the uh, coconut-derived lauric acid. It's absolutely incredible, and they they're real careful not to make any claims about it. But there are other websites that'll talk about Lauricidin and the things that, the results they've gotten, and it's pretty seriously awesome. But when people say brain fog. <coughs> I automatically assume assume uh, at least GI dysbiosis, if not SIBO, because what happens is, and I've mentioned this before, your candida, usually it's candida, steals your thiamine by putting out some uh, things called thiaminase. And so when we put them on benfotamine, the better thiamine, people usually tell me within one, two, three weeks, oh, my God, I don't have brain fog anymore. So that's really, really good, and that's that's a big part of depression. When it, it, These little booger bears in the small intestine, not only do they take the food that you have that's already nutrient deficient, they will help steal your supplements that you're putting in. So that's why sometimes you have to put in a great amount of supplements, And thymine is one of them, and that's one reason they steal everything you have, but then they excrete bad things, and that's where the bloating, belching, burping comes from. And if it doesn't come out that end, guess what? Your husband will be holding you under the sheets or flapping the sheets and doing inappropriate things with flatulence.
0: Well, that's a great uh, great uh, thing you said there You know people talk about Or they've asked us questions Why do we have to take so many pills How come we can't just swallow one And get everything out of it that we need And this right here We're, we're talking about SIBO and IBS Because we're so um, unable to break down What we're having Because it's gotten to this point It takes more to get in To make things get well again That took a long time To get to the, to the point that You now have IBS or
1: SIBO. Just think of stopping a speeding freight train. It takes a long time to stop the direction it's going, and then you have to gain momentum, which takes time. You know, folks, there are are limitations. There's limitation of time, and there's physiological limitations. You take about nine months to make a baby. You can't fix it overnight, and we've become a society where we've been taught or trained incorrectly that we want it now. And I had a patient yesterday, and we were using this as an example about how unreasonable some people are. And And he says, what's the most unreasonable thing you've ever had? And I said, well, I don't know. There's a lot of them. But a lady came in and said, uh, I want to lose weight before my high school reunion. I said, okay. Well, how much weight do you want to lose? She said 42 pounds. I said, okay you know, it'll take a lot of hard work and time. I said, how much time you want to give it? She said three weeks. And I pulled out my knife and flipped open the blade and said, which leg do you want me to cut off? Well, of course I didn't mean to be rude, but I was trying to make her think more realistically. And that patient I was telling the story to just laughed and thought that was funny. (laughs) Wasn't to the lady. I said, lady, you can't lose 42 pounds in three weeks unless you do something extremely unhealthy. So let's, let's, take that limitation of time and give it time
0: well when you talk about time does it help at all to do the lab work can you see anything on there that might say to somebody hey you know you have this coming on you you're going to wind up with something like this down the road
1: yes man and you know i answer emails quite a bit i'm extremely available to the people at a very low cost yes you need a lab and this sweet lady out of knoxville said, well, my daughter has this, 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 and this. Uh Do we need to order more tests? And I said, no, we will we'll see the patterns of the white blood cells. We'll see if the eosinophils and basophils are high. We'll suspect it. We'll see where the globulin is. Globulin is a reflection of your digestion and immune system. Think immunoglobulins and alkaline phosphatase and your protein level and da 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 No, we see a lot of patterns there. So, you know, our comprehensive is awesome. I personally like for everybody to add their hormones if they will, because that has a lot to do with uh, good health, too. So
0: when you're talking about the comprehensive, that's 12 different lab panels. And for those of you that are new to our show, um, we do the lab very low cost. We do it across the United States. You do not have to be in Texas to have it done. We can order it pretty much anywhere you are. We use Quest Diagnostics and um, basically we don't guess at what you need at this point because, you know, several of these shows we've done in the last few weeks all have common denominators going on with uh, symptoms.
1: It's always gut and inflammation. Yeah,
0: and it's very hard to guess at which thing is wrong with you without lab. Uh, Take, for example, our secretary, not the one y'all talk to here all the time, uh, Brandy, but we have another one that works here part time. She just had her lab done because she was sick and she hadn't had her lo- lab done in a long time. And she said, um, I just can't get well. and She said, I just keep having this cough. And she said, I'm, I'm just pretty sure my immune system's really low because it always is. And I said, OK, well, let's run it. And we ran it and turned out her immune system was now higher than it's ever been, which because of some of these new products we have is doing a fantastic job. But her cortisol was completely blown. It Uh, used
1: to be real, real high, and she chose not to address it. So she's gone into adrenal exhaustion. You need those adrenals because it handles stress, no matter what kind of stress it is. And. And so,
0: um, and she told me I could share this with you guys. Oh, yeah. Um, she, she said, yeah, I'll talk about that because people need to know that what they think is wrong with them probably isn't what's wrong with them. And then I said, what have you been doing with your liver? I said, you know, your liver was fine and now it's not. Our enzymes were not uh, optimal, which is what we look mm-hmm. for, the numbers that are optimal, not just in range. And she said, I was wondering if you were going to catch that. And she said, I've been doing cough syrup, over-the-counter cough syrup. And she said, I wondered if it would make any difference on the lab. And it really did. She'd gotten really toxic from it. And, you know, although she thought she was treating herself to get well, in reality she was missing the whole reason she was sick to start with, which was low cortisol, her adrenals, being totally blown. So, um, you guys don't guess. I mean, there's. it's never what you think it is. I, even on us, we'll think, oh, we know what's wrong with us because we're so smart at all this. It's never what we think. So go to GreenWisdomHealth.com, fill out the health survey, do your labs. If you've not done your labs in a long time, do your labs again. Things do change. And I want to make sure we address some of these questions because we had some really good ones come okay. up this past week. Um, Kelly She asked some really great things, and she said she's not sure if we would mind answering this. If not, it's okay, but of course we're going to answer it. We'll give you our opinion anyway. Uh, And she loves that we are not candy-coating the issues. I can guess you can tell from that we do not uh, from anything we said. I don't know
1: how to sugarcoat it. I love talking to Kelly. Uh,
0: She wants to hear our opinion of traditional mammograms. And so, Doctor Lewis, what do you think about mammograms?
1: Well, that's that's outside of my uh, scope of practice. My opinion is, you should talk to somebody that runs thermograms and thermography. Yeah, that that's an incredible, incredible tool. I started to buy one about thirty years ago, but the insurance companies said. Oh, no, it's experimental. We're not going to pay you for it. And it's like, well, it could show physiological changes rather than, you know, a CAT scan or MRI, and they're wonderful, but they show anatomy. You need something that shows physiology because thermography was showing uh, soft tissue injuries where there's no other way to prove it. And they said, "Well, it's experimental. We're not going to pay for it." And I said, "Well, it's it's good enough for a fifty million dollar racehorse." And they said, "Well, uh, 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 it's an insurance company scam because they didn't want all these physiological changes in in that case, um, you know, soft tissue injuries." But yes, uh, talk to somebody about that. I believe, to the best of my knowledge, that is the best way to determine irregularities in the breast and other areas uh, years before a mammogram would but again it's out of my practice be sure you're getting good advice from somebody that's more specialized in that
0: without the possible harmful side effects
1: yeah no radiation
0: yeah okay then we had uh penny that says if she exhibits symptoms of autoimmune problems Oh, this goes right with our show today. Yeah. And I eat foods or take supplements to boost my immune system. Am I making myself worse? That's really good. She, that's, that's a good question because a lot of people yeah. with autoimmune problems think uh, when you tell them to, somebody says boost their immune system, it's not really what you're doing, right?
1: Yeah. You know, there there's things you have to do. You know, you re- remove the harmful organism but then you have to repair reintroduce uh, the friendly organisms repair the leakiness so it's not always boosting the immune system and you really really need the lab so while i'm on that subject i would really like to thank the people that share this podcast it the referrals that i get are absolutely wonderful and i'm very humbled and we're very grateful talk to wonderful lady in ohio yesterday that she said well my friend kathy sent me in i was like you know kathy's been doing this for almost five years and you never hear from kathy and i told her i said for god's sake call me or email me you're just very quietly up there in ohio doing your thing she said well i'm feeling better than i felt in 20 years and it's like so thank you thank you thank you because It's not really about blessing us. It's about blessing others. And, you know, if I can figure out what's going on and help them get healthier, you're blessing other people. So I I really appreciate what you do.
0: Well, and, and back to the subject of the autoimmune problem and boosting the immune system. When we give you products for for autoimmune issues, we're not boosting your immune system. We're stabilizing it yeah. because that's what it does. It fluctuates all over the place, and there are stabilization products that help it stay yeah. balanced.
1: Yeah. Re- always remember health takes you know a, a fair amount of dedication, hard work, sacrifice, and good habits. Habits meaning continually doing the right thing.
0: And then we have Donald. Hi, Donald. You're, he's such a nice guy. Uh, we have a he has a person has a neck lift and rhinoplasty, and the doctor said no supplements for three weeks. What are your thoughts? And is there any chance of blood thinning, say, with B twelve?
1: You know, I've seen a lot of people that uh, because they're so educated on the internet, they want to second guess their surgeon. And yes, you want to get off the things I, I think for. 10 days 10 12 14 days before surgery that's what i tell them but it's not always about blood thinning it's about you're taking all these supplements and it's because you're going to detox the anesthesia more quickly and your drugs are going to be detoxed by the liver more quickly so yes listen to your doctor about the supplements i do agree with your surgeon
0: Right. And, you know, we did have a lady that asked a question about somebody she knew is getting ready to go through radiation, which is a horrible thing, chemo and radiation. And she wanted to come in here and buy some supplements for him to take while he went through it. And our answer to that is no, don't do it. Don't take things while you're going through that, because like Dr. Lewis said, you are Weakening, weakening the medication that they're trying to give you to get rid of something because that the supplements are going, hey, let's pull this off.
1: Yeah, the chemo especially, the radiation, yeah, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah, but don't ever do any of that while you're actually having the treatment done. No. Now afterwards, and they're done with it, we can certainly clean things back up to the best of our ability with the supplements.
1: Yeah, I love people that's gone through all that, and it's a, it's a pretty tough thing to go through. And they say, well, I can't feel my feet. I have neuropathy. Can you help? It's like, yeah. You throw in the right nutrients, your body can heal. Of course, you know, the FDA says we can't make any claims, but when you put in the nutrients, then your body's, you know, made by God knows what to do with it. And you can't get enough of the nutrients out of the food. So, yeah, I love it when those uh, neuropathies and people start feeling their extremities again. So yeah, it's, a, it's a very gratifying thing. Right. But don't play amateur, please.
0: And once again, our show is ending, but we want to uh, tell you again how much we appreciate each and every one of you for listening to us and sharing our podcast, and uh, if you're new to listening to our show, go to Shooting Straight with Dr. Lewis on Facebook. That's where we're getting all these questions from. People have been asking tons of questions. We love that. Uh, we love the interaction that we can do with you guys because we don't get to meet a lot of you individually, face-to-face, but we can through this, this format And um, if you have any show ideas that you would like us to discuss, please write it there as well. You can also email us however you would like to get in touch with us. We hope you have a very blessed week, and we'll be here next time on the Green Wisdom Health Show. Once again, our show has come to an end, but your hope and your health is only beginning. If you or a loved one are in need of a different outcome and are waiting for a brighter future, take the first step and go to our website and fill out the health survey. Please don't keep us a secret. If you know someone that could benefit from this podcast, please share this show with your friends and family. You're only one step away from a life worth living.